I'm Lena Taylor. Welcome to Next Level Tips. I believe that one of the most valuable skills is the ability to transform obstacles into opportunities. All of us face challenges and setbacks, but how we show up for ourselves in those defining moments is what we talk about in this podcast. Get inspired with these stories and create the opportunities you've always wanted. My guest today is Diaz Nesamani, and for those of you familiar with data management, you'll recognize the name Informatica, a company that Diaz co-founded, took public, sold, and is now worth over $5 billion. Today, Diaz is the founder and CEO of Givox, a personalized digital marketing company. And in our conversation, we talk about what it takes to be an entrepreneur, what it takes to be a leader, and where he gets his resilience and determination from. Okay, great. Well, thank you for joining me today. And at our recent presentation with your team at Givox, you said something that really stuck with me, and it was... um, you said you spend the first part of your life accumulating wealth and money and abundance for yourself and your companies. And you want to spend the rest of your life helping others do that. Uh, can you tell me more about that? I found that really fascinating. Yeah, you know, I think um, what what struck me was that, you know, first of all, there's only so much uh, money you can actually use unless you do some really crazy things like have five yachts or three planes or whatever you know at some point a plane's a plane a yacht's a yacht a car's a car a home's a home so you know there's kind of a limit to and we only have 24 hours a day we only can eat so much food and drink so much so you can't take it with you right so uh, so that's one thing which is at some point how much is enough right and the second is that at least for me and i think for a lot of people success came from uh getting help somehow right Mm. either it was a friend you know for me it was actually uh when i got admitted into the college of my choice my parents didn't have enough money to pay the fees so they were kind of trying to make me go to a a public college, which was free. I really wanted to go there because I wanted to do computer science. So they ended up, so a friend of ours who had some money just said, hey, I'll loan you the money to pay the fees, right? If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am, right? And there's just many such stories along uh, the way of people helping in some ways, small ways, big ways, um, and it's not just work-wise, but even personally. So I feel like, you know, at some point you got to pay it back, right? I, I think there's another person like me that needs that help, right? And if I can reach out to them and use my resources, my knowledge, my experience, whatever I've gained over the last 55 years, whatever, um, I think the world needs that. And that's, that's what I thought I should be doing. Yeah, that's great. So what is your vision for GVOX now? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's been about 14 years almost. uh, And, uh, you know, the vision first off is to have a really good outcome. Uh, There's a lot of folks that have been working with the company from day one and working 
putting their heart and soul and all their efforts and really their lives into the company. So, you know, I want to make sure that they all uh, find that outcome that makes them all feel it was worth it. And it was, you know, they learned a lot, they did a lot, but they also were, uh, you know, financially rewarded for it and can have a better life uh, beyond that. Um, in terms of the company's vision itself is, you know, we, we are transforming the way marketers market digitally. And, you know, when we started out, we were doing a lot of evangelizing and convincing and persuading. And, you know, it was a lot of hard work and a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of skepticism about what we are talking about. And now I feel like they suddenly feel like, oh yes, we need this. And yes, this is technology that's gonna really help us transform. So, you know, we hope, you know, in our, the rest of our journey, however long that is to help have transformed many of these really large companies. And, uh, you know, that also gives you that other satisfaction at the end of the day, it's not just about money, but did you make an impact, right? On, on these companies with your product, my, First two companies' products are still in use uh, in a big way, uh, you know. So the first one was in a really big way. The second one was small, but still in a meaningful way. That personally makes me feel really good, and I, I know for our team also that would be fulfilling to know that the work they put in didn't just die when the company was sold or exited, but lives on. Right? Yeah, so you've had those two really successful exits from your first two companies that you mentioned. Um, what do you think were the skills or the circumstances that allowed you to, to accomplish that in a big way? I, you know, I think uh, probably the most important one is never give up. Right? <laughs> and uh, I think if I look back, even at this company, if you talk to some of our employees, um, they will say, gosh, you know, Dias never gives up. <laughs> Just like even when, even when it feels like everything's coming to an end and, you know, you're crazy to keep going, you just keep going, right? You know, I, and, and it's not just out of uh, a kind of sense of, I'm so smart, I can figure this out, or, you know, it's just, it's not so much that. And, and there's a bit of a nuance there, right? Like, when you know that there is no opportunity for your product or company, yes, you have to move on, right? right. Uh, it's just a fact and you have to accept that. And my second company, uh, the product we had was way ahead of its time and the market was not ready. The economy was in shambles, you know, it was after 9-11 and all that. So that reality happened. And so when I say never give up, I don't mean keep pursuing something that's clearly not going to go anywhere. What I mean is that there will be obstacles along the way, you know, and you should, you have to find a way around it. Mm. Right. And it's not going to be easy. There's a lot of people that are going to tell you, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this yourself? Well, you know, it's not going to work. It's, it's too hard. It's never been done before. No one succeeded at this. Those are not reasons to stop doing it. And and if you're going to do something innovative and world changing and rewarding, you have to be doing something that hasn't been done before, right? By definition, you have to be willing to go. Yes, where yes. No I, has been. I, I tell the people. I tell people that uh, if if anyone is um, you know uh, successful, it's not because they're incredibly smart or whatever. It's just that they didn't stop trying. 
and most people give up pretty the first sign of resistance obstacles disappointments they oh gosh this is too hard or this is too risky or this is too i can't give up my life for this i've got other things to do you, you there's so many reasons to give up or i have no money left i you know but then you go borrow money and you keep going i think i'm onto something and it's i'm facing obstacles can i get around it can i work harder smarter etc that's i think that's ultimately what it's about there are a lot of smart people around like i i don't consider myself a very you know magically smart person um but uh i do think uh successful entrepreneurs are just people who keep 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 going they believe in what they're doing and they they don't stop they just keep going until they see success is there something in your past or in the way you grew up or where you came from and how you came into, you mentioned going to school, not having the opportunity with your parents. And I just keep thinking about what is something that gave you that spirit or that character of perseverance, which is what you're talking about. Is there something that you can point to? You know, I, I think you know, it's a good question. I can't say I've completely thought about it, but, you know, something that jumps right into my head is perhaps, you know, what I saw my dad do. And I think a lot of us get inspired by parents, right? And I still remember this story, you know, him telling me the story of how, you know, he grew up in a very, very poor family. And we're talking about like really poor, you know. And so he talked about how he had only one pair of clothes, you know, Mm-hmm. shirt and a pair of shorts and with that he had to go to school he had to come back he had to do everything work on the farm whatever do everything in that so every morning he had to get up really early to go or every couple of days he'd go wash it wait for it to dry put mm-hmm. it back on and, and go to school and he you know grew up in that family luckily one of his sisters was you know, got a good job uh, as a nurse or something like that. She was able to put him through school and, and then he got a master's degree in mathematics. And, and then he got a job to go teach in Africa. And at that time that paid very well and he was able to accumulate, you know, enough wealth. Mm-hmm. We bought a car home for him. That was just like amazing success, right? Mm-hmm. So I to think about that saying, wow, you went from, just owning one pair of clothes to to here so clearly it that didn't stop you right and and um, it was just hearing how he got through a lot of those obstacles inspired me to think yeah this is you know this happens it's okay where you start doesn't determine where you end mm-hmm. what determines where you end is what you actually do with what you have right you can't say i have only one pair of clothes i'm not going to school mm-hmm. You can't say I don't have money to go to school, so I'm just going to, you know, not go to school. Or you can't say, oh, I got a little bit of money. I just did my, you know, bachelor's and that's good enough. You know, I was I was blown away that at that time my dad got a master's in mathematics. You're talking, mm-hmm. gosh, you know, 60 years ago, right? Oh, yes. uh, and took the risk of traveling, going to Africa, which I don't think, you know, I would have had the you know, bravery to do. So those were risks that he took. So I, I you know, that's what I'm thinking. I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it just feels like maybe that's what sort of in that little oh. head of mine when I was a little boy, you know, told me, 
I should I should do that too. That was the seed, yes. And so I can see connecting those dots, you know, hearing you tell the story of how when you were just out of college, you had this aspiration of uh, being valued at a million dollars by the age of 30 and how that seemed just so big and maybe uh, not attainable, not so much not attainable, but probably just coming from what you're describing and where your dad was. I can see how that seemed like such a big goal for you. Um, what is something that you can advise young people that maybe in a similar situation and they have these kind of big aspirations that made you go for it despite the evidence around you, despite the circumstances? Yeah, you know, I, I think you have to dream big. And, and I think that's important because you have to be able to visualize in your brain where you could be, right? And whether it's about money or it's about, you know, going to another country or a different life or whatever it is, you have to be able to visualize. I think that's really important because I think at the times when you're, you feel like you're failing or there's obstacles coming, it's that dream that's going to keep you going. Because if you don't have that, you're like, what am I doing this for anyway? It's kind of meaningless, right? Um, so I think I think that dream is really important. But I, I do think, you know, I remember somebody telling me, "You have to ha have your head in the clouds, but your feet firmly planted on the ground." Right. <laughs> and that is, you know, you have to work for it, right? There's no easy ride. It's not just about getting lucky or about, you know, for sure. Some people get lucky. We see that all the time. Yeah, you could win a jackpot, or you could inherit a lot of money, whatever. Okay that does happen, but for most people, it happens because they, you know, put a lot of effort into it, did not give up, you know, got through obstacles. So uh, dreaming big doesn't mean f fast path to riches or shortcuts to get there or whatever. Uh, it's dreaming big, but realizing that, you know, you have to work for, uh, you know, people, you know, I, I actually teach some entrepreneurship classes and they always ask me, what's the secret of success? And, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I say, I say, if you're prepared, if you want to be an entrepreneur, make sure you're willing to take a lot of disappointment, lose a lot of money, go broke, <clears throat> have your family reject you, have no friends, not much sleep. Do you still want to be an entrepreneur? <laughs> and I could tell some of them start to think about it, saying, yeah. hmm. Yeah. Because what they've seen is the success. They say, oh, my God, you know, it's so amazing when you're an entrepreneur, you build a successful company and you go public and you get a lot of money. That's what I want to do. Well, that's easy, right? That's like to see just that outside is easy, the, but you don't want to see the, the iceberg. Yes. Yeah, yes. You, don't, you don't see what actually happened there. So I always tell them and I say, look, I'm not trying to dis discourage you, by the way. I'm just trying to tell you what it actually is like it's likely to be, uh, which doesn't mean you can't be lucky, which doesn't mean you can't just get out there and be at the right place at the right time, make a lot of money, but certainly not a strategy for being a successful entrepreneur. Yes. And so what are some of the skills or some of the things that allow you to be a good leader? What do you think is important in terms of leadership when, when you're leading a company? Yeah, it's uh, that's a good question, and you know there are many, many, you know, attributes of leadership. But I think uh, part of it is just sort of the mindset, uh, you know, and I that's been described uh, 
several books and so on about the idea of servant leadership. Um, and I actually found out recently that actually is from the Bible. Hmm. I had the, you know, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I go to church these days virtually every Sunday, but uh, I, you know, the pastor was reading out that passage. I said, oh my God, I didn't realize that servant leadership was actually a concept um, from the Bible, but I, I think it describes really the mindset, which is that people follow uh, a leader who is with them and serves them in many ways, right? Like cares for them, uh, you know, wants to see them be successful, wants to uh, inspire them to be successful, will uh, do, you know, it, it, it's a mindset that you look for ways to make people successful. And when you do that, they see that and they will do almost anything for you, right? right. <laughs> so uh, it's that, you know, people call it inspirational leadership order, but inspirational leadership is not just about making big speeches or being, you know, uh, charismatic or all of that. And servant leadership has another concept, which is humility. Because mm. servants are supposed to be, you know, humble and like, you know, whatever. But the the humility is really important because humility lets you understand that you're you don't know it all. You're not the smartest person from the room all the time, and you don't. And and you know, there's also been some research done on this that some of the most successful leaders have a lot of humility in them. Uh, and and sometimes that's a little counter to being a CEO or an entrepreneur or whatever you're encouraged to be, you know, brash and loud and charismatic, whatever that means, uh, you know, it seems counter to humility, which, which uh, you know, but I think it's that humility and mindset, being humble enough to listen to ideas, being humble enough to know that sometimes the team can have the right idea that you haven't thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, I, I love the term servant leadership because I think it really describes the mindset that a good leader has to have. Um, and uh, that's kind of, you know, if there's one term to describe it all, there's lots of, lots of attributes of leadership. So there's many books written about it and whatever, but I, you know, servant leadership strikes me as a good description of what uh, good leaders are about. Right. It's something that you aspire and it's uh, it sounds like that's a journey too. It's not like a destination that you achieve something. It's just who you are. It becomes who you're, you are. You're absolutely right. And honestly, you know, I can't say that I'm still there, you know, uh, uh, because it takes a lot of time to develop that humility. And sometimes you have to fail as a leader to learn humility. And in fact, when you're very successful, you think, oh, I'm so smart. I'm so good at this. Look at me. I know how to make money. I know how to win. I know, you know, and, and sort of that gets to your head and then you trip up and you fall on your face and you're like, okay, maybe not. Right? And so sometimes humility gets taught by, through failure. So it takes most people a while to realize that your success is not just because you're smart or, you know, whatever. Um, and then you, you learn just by observing what makes people tick, what makes people follow you almost to a point of like, why are they still following me? We're, we're having all kinds of issues and challenges and like, wow, people still believe me, uh, you know? Uh, but you, you realize it's not only when you're successful that 
you want people to follow you. In fact, it's when you're <coughs> challenged that you want people to follow you, right? And you learn all these things over time. And then you, you know, and I think good leadership takes time to develop and uh, is definitely a, a teachable skill. I don't think people are born leaders. Maybe it's a little easier for some people than, than others, but it's uh, it's something you learn over time. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you so much. That was really, uh, I think that's a great note for us to finish on. And I just wanted to say that I, I read at the beginning of your book, you were talking about your daughter and your son having published their books, you know, when they were nine. And, and um, I was just curious to see how old are they now? Have they published any more books? <laughs> uh, yes, actually, I'm trying to remember if my daughter had published her second book by then, maybe, but she's working on another one now. Uh, and together they actually wrote, published a little book for COVID called The ABCs of Coronavirus, because uh -huh. they wanted to help young kids, uh, you know, in elementary school, understand what's what's going on here. You know, everybody's wearing masks, everybody saying don't touch whatever, it's just kind of scary, right? So they wanted to write a book. So they wrote a cartoon book about it, which uh, actually many they sent to many schools, and they were, you know, quite quite excited about that. So yeah, they haven't stopped. They're they're they've kept going. I've I've only done one, so maybe one of these days there's another one coming. Oh, I think there's another book coming for sure. <laughs> hope so. Hope That's so. Thank yes. you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time on a Friday afternoon. Um, it's been great to get to you know you. I hope we stay in touch and um, I'll be following the progress of the company. So I followed it on all the social media and just getting regular feeds now just to see what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was nice meeting you and, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Next Level Tips. You can find more information on linataylor.com. Please subscribe to Next Level Tips and join me each week for a new conversation with leaders in business, science, and elite sports. We talk about the defining moments that shape our lives and the skills to transform challenges into opportunities. I'm your host, Lena Taylor, a two-time Olympian in beach volleyball and leadership coach. Thank you for listening.